Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode 19 of the High School Huddle podcast presented by the Star Telegram. I am Peter Dawson, as always, joined by our high school sports reporter slash aficionado, Brian Gossett. Brian, how are you doing on this Tuesday? Doing great, you know, uh, watched the Super Bowl on Sunday, a little little boring there, but, uh, you know, now the football season is over. But not really, because we still have signing day and all these recruitments. Uh, but I'm doing well. That's good to hear. And obviously, uh, if you if you missed it last week, Brian had those uh, those stories on those DFW uh, athletes that played in the Super Bowl. If you want to check that out, as always, star-telegram.com as well as dfwvarsity.com and uh, those social media pages for Facebook and Twitter. I, again, we again we talked about it. it. Feels like a little bit of a broken record for the third week in a row. We're talking about National Signing Day. It's probably easy to to get uh, confused with how things have changed, even in the last couple of years. But uh, high school prospects, Brian, you talked to Nolan Catholic's chance cover last week. He commits to Texas Tech. Uh, Matt Wells, now the coach there, coming from Utah State. From South Carolina, always interesting to see how those coaches, uh, you know, talk about coaches with Texas roots. Doesn't seem like Wells has a ton of them, but that you know, it seems to be a pretty good get for a guy that, you know, they fire Kingsbury late in the season, they bring Wells on right away. But again, unless you're Jimbo Fisher and AM or, or a program like that, it's tough to jump in this late in the recruiting cycle uh, for that immediate class. But what did you talk to him about, and what, what do you expect from him in college? Because he plays multiple positions, and a little bit hard to, to project his, his collegiate position. Where do you think he's going to land? Yeah, um, you know, he was a heck of a linebacker at Byron Nelson as a sophomore, um, 112 tackles. Then he moves to Nolan Catholic and uh, puts up another 100 tackle season as a junior. Senior season, he uh, plays more tight end, plays more fullback, and he starts to do that. And uh, some of these colleges notice, and they, ch- they just want to offer him for to play both ways, uh, kind of a hybrid type. You know, as he's getting a lot of offers from Air Force, Army, Navy, those types of schools. Uh, Texas State was actually projected uh, to be his commitment, and all of a sudden, here's Texas Tech. So. Well, there's a co- obviously the coaching change yeah, it, there it, as it well. Helped. Yeah, that was a big difference. So, um, yeah, Tech is just getting a great kid, uh, very, very humble. Um, I know his parents uh, pretty well. So, a uh, big get for the Red Raiders. Yep, and, and you mentioned Byron Nelson uh, just a second ago, and we'll shift, shift uh, to that. Stephen F. Austin making a splash. Also, we said Byron Nelson running back. Trajan Henderson. Uh, you also have Boswell defensive end Terrence Ware. They both commit to Stephen F. Austin. Good gets for a program that sometimes, I don't want to say gets forgotten about, but it's it's definitely not uh, on the forefront of most people's minds. Yeah, and uh, they've been, I know there's a couple other commits that they got, so uh, they've been doing pretty well this last week. You know, Byron Nelson's uh, been struggling the last couple of years, but Trajan has put up some good numbers the last couple of seasons for the Bobcats, and then Terrence Ware has just been, you know, an animal on the defensive line for uh, Coach Abinchin and, and the Boswell Pioneers. Over 130 tackles alone this season. Uh, he was on the Star Telegram All Area team. 
um, over 250 the last two seasons, and, and really a kid that does really well on special teams too. He, he's blocked uh, anywhere from four, four to uh, four or five field goals and punts the last two seasons. So, um, you know, if, if he's going to have to wait to play on the defensive line, who knows, but uh, definitely can use him on special teams if they need him. Moving along to another, a uh, couple more prospects, and one, another on the defensive line, rather, and that's Northwest defensive tackle Malik Moore. He committed to East Central, uh, and, and in addition, you have Fossil Ridge corner Wyatt Romar. He's headed to that excellent program at Navy. Hopefully, they, they, um, they've obviously struggled, r- rare struggles against Army the last couple of years, but uh, they, they seem to be trying to get, get back to the, the, excuse me, the dominance they were, they had rather. Um, a few years ago. Brian, what have you seen from these two guys? Yeah, I've been covering uh, Malik Moore the last three seasons. He's been, um, you know, that nose guard for the Texans. A couple seasons ago, they, you know, went two rounds deep, which was at the time their best uh, in program history. They won the first playoff game ever. And then just ending his senior season this uh, 2018, you know, they made it three three rounds deep. So there's a new program record for them. East Central's a... um, kind of, you know, in the same category as Stephen F. Austin, you know, people kind of tend to forget him, but that's a good program. And then Fossil Ridge uh, with Wyatt Womar, who's a dual threat, uh, excuse me, dual sport athlete. He plays baseball too, but in terms of football, uh, the last two years, done really well, gone to the playoffs uh, last season. You know, they went 10-0 and in the regular season. Um, so, yeah, Navy's trying to get back to where they once was, and uh, this is a good start. And then just a uh, quick note, you know, Michael Young is another, not the baseball player, but the uh, linebacker, Colleyville Heritage, Michael Young, all-state linebacker. Um, he's committed to UTEP. So there's just some of the guys that have committed and, and plan on signing on uh, National Signing Day. Yeah, but as we mentioned, I think we gave the day count, but the uh, actual National Signing Day, the last one, uh, for, at least for this upcoming class, is on Wednesday. Uh, and, and just in terms of locations, I mean, some of these players, again, we know where they're going, but we're going to, you get to see where they're, you know, see them represent their high school and do it in front of their school in some cases. Uh, the big signing days, obviously, the ones that would stand out for folks in this area South Lake Carroll, Mansfield, Arlington, Fort Worth ISD, those are all taking place in the morning. Uh, schools, uh, including Northwest uh, and Alito, will go in the afternoon. Uh, you know, it's, for you, Brian, I'm sure it seems uh, each year this happens, it seems a little bit crazy because, you know, people talk about recruiting and spend so much time on it. And, and now with the multiple signing days, it lasts so long. I mean, is it just is it when recruit when recruiting season is finally over? Is it weird? Is it what, what do you you know, is it a relief? What is it? What do you because you've been following these kids for so long and you've and you've in some cases, I mean, the ones who have played as as underclassmen, as sophomores even, or even freshmen, you know, you've you've been here long enough, you've seen them their whole career. Yeah, it's. I think it's a little bit of both. It's uh, a little bit of a relief. You can kind of take a breath and, you know, kind of rest up for the next uh, class. But, you know, recruiting is always kind of a 24-7, 365 deal. You know, you have kids commit and uh, all this stuff. And, you know, uh, you mentioned some of the places that will take part in signing day, you know, Salt Lake Carroll, uh, T.J. McDaniel, who uh, just did a story on him and talked to a couple of his teammates, a couple of his coaches. So you can check that out on, on DFWVarsity.com. They always seem to sign 25 players, you know, and, and we're talking uh, more than just football, but the other sports too. 
mentioned it last week, but Mansfield ISD does uh, a great job uh, bringing all five schools into one, one place and, and doing signing there. Arlington and, and Fort Worth ISD do a great job. Fort Worth had about 35 kids last uh, last signing day, which I think at the time was, I believe, the the most they've had on a signing national signing day. And then, yeah, you round out with Northwest and Alito and and uh, I, I'll be at Fort Worth ISD. That's over at Wilkerson Grinds. Uh, a couple of our our colleagues, you know, Rick Mock, Darren Lauber, they'll be they'll be out there too. So um, we'll have a full plate, but uh, excited. You know, for me, I think one of the most, at least have, having been in this market, but just looking at high school football in general and, and maybe more so in Texas than anywhere else, the biggest development to keep an eye on with all play, uh, skilled players, but especially quarterbacks, is the develop the, this recruitment process through 7-on-7. Seven seven. Now, there have been a lot of stories written about it. You know, the, it seems to have become a cottage industry in terms of coaches recruiting that way i know that last week uh jimbo fisher tweeted out that he or messaged somebody and said that he supposedly is going to only go through high school coaches and not use those seven on seven situations but he's done a lot of work with seven on seven coaches in the past at florida state and in texas so you kind of wonder if he's talking out of both sides of his mouth you know sec big 12 you know all the power five conference coaches have coaches in those conferences have talked about this topic, uh, and it's obviously, I think, one that bears uh, attention going forward. It'll be interesting to see if the NCAA is as inept as it has been with a lot of this stuff can can handle it. What what's the kind of the number one thing that maybe you've you've seen in your four or five years doing this when it comes to recruiting change, or or that you're looking for going forward? Because obviously, this this process is only going to become you know, five years ago, we would never have said it would have gotten to this point, but it only seems to be growing. There only seems to be more pressure. What what would you look at? Yeah, I mean, it's going up. Definitely. You talk about seven on seven. That's, um, you know, when I first started, I don't even remember seven on seven. Now it's, they have, you know, state tournaments during the summer. You know, uh, we talked about him, Ken Seals. He's done a lot of seven on seven. Jahari Rogers over Arlington. You know, they went to the state tournament. Uh, in fact, Chance Cover and and Nolan Catlick, they went, uh, they played on multiple state tournaments during the seven-on-seven in the summer. So, um, just another opportunity uh, for coaches and recruiters to, to look at these kids. Um, like you mentioned, just in the four or five short years, it's it's grown, and it's going to continue to grow. That's that's the trend. It's going to continue to go up, and uh, you know, you just uh, just another chance, another opportunity to. To see, you know, these kids and and make the right decision uh, when it comes to, you know, recruiting a, recruiting a kid. And so, you know, I talked about last week. Social media plays right, a yeah. huge part in talking. Uh, you know, when I first started, it was it was infancy, kind yeah, basically. Yeah, and so uh, kids, you know, it seems like every day a kid tweets out, um, you know, he's blessed to been offered here. So. Uh, definitely social media has played a big part in all this. Well, that's, uh, at least for this episode, that's a bit of a wrap on the recruiting piece of it, but we're going to shift gears now into uh, high school basketball, and the girls' bas- high school girls' basketball is is basically, we're, we're pretty much towards towards playoff mode now. I mean, the final regular season game games, rather, were on Tuesday, are on Tuesday night, uh, again, we're going to talk about the school again, and it will, it will certainly come up again, barring a, a shocking upset, Timberview, with the men as well, but especially with 
the young ladies, they're they're looking to make a run uh, in state for a third straight season. But going back to last Tuesday, really quickly, LD Bell and Richland. I, I saw you tweeting about this as it happened. This game went into triple overtime. The Blue Raiders got a big performance from four-star guard Myra Gordon. You said this might have been the best boys or girls high school basketball game that you have ever seen. Yeah, it's it's up there. It's definitely, uh, I think it's got to be. You were there, right? Yeah, it's got to be one of the best uh, girls game for sure. And, and overall, in my five years, just, uh, you know, LD Bell was searching for a little bit of revenge. You know, Richland got him the first time, you know, senior night for the, the Blue Raiders. And uh, if, if you get a chance, I mean, Meyer Gordon is, is the real deal. She's a six foot six one point guard um but really but for girls for girls I mean, that's, yeah that's i mean you're you're i'm trying to think of a uh, of a comparable ben simmons t- you know height wise yeah and she she can do it all she, you know she's she's got to do a little more scoring these last couple of seasons so uh you know her assist numbers aren't way too up but uh she can make the passes you know she leads the the area dallas fort worth uh with 27.7 points per game which, which I mean, that those are to put it into context. I mean, NBA quarters are what twelve minutes. So, I mean, those are those are NBA type numbers. But the high school quarters, high school's uh, eight minutes. Eight minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, you have I, I, not a math major, but you have considerable less time, and defenses are are tighter. It, that, it's just a really impressive number. It is, and uh, you know, going against Richland, she's finished with thirty eight points. Got the the game winner. Uh, which, by the way, 38 is not her, you know, season or career high at all. She's hit 40s and actually has a school record with uh, 52 or 53 last season. But um, hit the game winner in triple overtime, 20 seconds left. Uh, actually banked it in from the, the right wing. Uh, you know, she said afterwards uh, she didn't call bank. But, um, yeah, just back and forth. I mean, she scored all 18 points in, in the third and fourth quarters just to get to overtime and, um, Richland did a great job, you know, uh, Faith, uh, how's Bennett, if you can watch it, it's on DFW Varsity, it's on my Twitter, uh, just hit a crazy shot there in the first, uh, overtime to end it, uh, three-pointer to tie it, to send it to a second one, and, um, you know, for Myra, I, I went on and, and chose her as our player of the week, uh, as a co-player of the week, along with Country Day's, uh, Kenzie Carter, who's also a junior, um, you know, she had 37 points on Friday against Oak Ridge um, and had a comeback there with 15 points in the in the fourth quarter. And then just a quick note, the boys' side was uh, Talik Chavez from Lake Ridge who put up 31 against um, Cedar Hill. So L.D. Bell, you know, they're in the driver's seat for first. Uh, they're a game up, um, and they, they're looking for a deeper run. You know, they've, they've – they've, uh, stumbled along the last couple of seasons in the playoffs but uh seems like this could be a year for you know two three rounds deep right and shifting again moving excuse me moving back to looking at friday night of last week uh you had grapevine and birdville two local teams ladyhawks finally get over the hump and they remain in first place in district 7 5a the boys in that uh, in that series win again, and they sit in third place. Uh, that would be Birdville. What, uh, what, what, where have they been traditionally, and what would have they been this season? I mean, is it is it consistent? Yeah, and Birdville, uh, the last as long as I've been here, you know, they've gotten better every single year. That's uh, Birdville girls. 
uh, with uh, Amory Ingram, the head coach. And this was a significant win. Um, you know, they, they're tied now in, in district, but um, Grapevine was always the team that could, you know, beat them. Uh, coach Ingram was uh, 0 for 12 against Grapevine in her eight seasons at Birdville. Um, they've played some really close games in the past, a couple of overtimes, double overtimes, but finally got the win, finally got over the hump, 40-26, to 26, and got to talk to uh, junior Riley Riddle, who's, uh, who's the leading scorer of 15 points, and just, you know, what, what it meant to, to beat Grapevine finally. Came out with a lot of energy tonight. Um, Coach said earlier in the locker room that these are the kind of games that we play for um, as players, and this is what we train for. And I know all of us, every single one of us, has been working so hard these past couple of days preparing for this game, and so it felt really good to just have it all come together this uh, tonight. And then with Coach Ingram, you know, uh, finally gets the the monkey offer back. You know, again, 0 and 12, get the first win. So, uh, Coach Ingram, congratulations, and, and also got to talk to her. And, and this is what she said: it "Means a lot to be great, Von, because they've been coached by some really great people since I've been here at Birdville. Uh, going back to Lindy Lombard, Greg Gaines, an outstanding coach as well. Um, it, it just uh, it's just like Amy said, you know, getting over that hump and uh, just proving to our kids that we can play with Great Vine and, and we can beat them. I mean, we, we've been in so many close games, a double overtime." overtime last year of games and just getting over that hump and getting our kids to have that that their head right to beat great violence and uh so they uh retired with boswell for first and then with the boys you know kind of a step back a little bit you know they had a great season last year a couple of kids graduated but uh they're trending up um they continue to climb you know last week they, they were in uh, fourth or fifth in the district now they're third um they're game back of grapevine for for second and really, that game was was over quick. Um, Birdville couldn't miss. It was like twenty-two to eight after the first quarter. They held the Mustangs to twenty-two percent shooting overall. So, a couple more games for the boys, but uh, at least for the uh, Birdville boys, they are trending up and uh, looking for another playoff push. Right, and and uh, moving over to the boys uh, side of things, and we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago again, but the 6A boys state rankings, I mean, it was last year, but really, really this year are just absolutely chocked full of teams from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. The top three, I mean, they had a great football season, obviously, but Duncanville uh, holding that top spot, um, and then you have a team that, I covered a bit last year. They, they don't have quite as much talent, uh, but with, with uh, Davian Harmon, the OU commit coming back, uh, that'd be Geyer. And then, again, you always have uh, North Crowley, the tra- a traditional power that's been great for years. I mean, looking at the big the big picture again at the rankings, again, you, you, you never want to set too much store by the rankings, but in high school they generally, uh, I'd say more often than not, are a good indicator of where – things stand um and and th- things often play out that way barring crazy upsets but again eight of the top 10 te- teams in the top 10 for 6a are from dfw the region one tournament uh, is going to be in fort worth at the wilkerson grind center you know i, I guyers had such a hard guyers a team that i look at again i'm a little bit biased because i've i've covered them and, and i've looked at north crowley too but guyers the one that i look at as I would say has the most to prove because they've fallen short the last couple of years. I mean, two years ago it was you know they were considered under you know underclassmen talent, and then last year probably 
I mean, I, number one team in the nation. Yeah, number one team in the nation. And I, you know, as a quick aside, I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. I played my high school was in a conference with, you know, Steph and Seth Curry played on a team. Uh, both Plumleys were in the team that won our state championship. So I, I, I'd like to think, at least looking back, that I've I've seen a, a fair amount of really high quality high school basketball. And the Geyer team, in person and on paper, is probably the most talented with three D, you know, top forty D one. Uh, guys that I have ever seen and but they you know they, they've fallen short in the state championship game they're the team that I'm most interested to see uh, but I'm curious to hear what you think uh, you're a little bit more plugged in than I am who do you see again odds on I'd say it's going to be a DF, DFW team that's cutting the nets down uh, in the state final but you know who do you think is the favorite and and who maybe might surprise people at least in 6a for the boys yeah, I don't know how the brackets line up, but, uh, you know, I would take these top three, Duncanville, Guy, and North Crowley, to, to make the Region 1 tournament. You know, uh, It's a brutal region. It I mean, is. It, it, coming out, I mean, that's the only other, that's the only downside, right, is that these teams are going to have to, you know, in some cases they could see each other earlier than, than normal, yeah. right? Yeah, they could uh, knock them out second or third round, not even make the regional tournament, and um, you know, you mentioned Davian Harmon, but, uh, you know, you got Jalen Wilson right. who's signed to Michigan. Who, again, as uh, Michigan has had this the last couple of years, and he certainly fits that profile. I mean, he's, what, six, eight, six, nine, maybe? Something like that. and just push it, But he could shoot. He could shoot handle threes. The ball. Yeah, because that was the thing was when I went and saw them, the first thing was he took the ball at the top of the key. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, here here comes the shake and bake. Here comes the low post move. And he just pulls up from probably three or four feet from behind the arc and drains it. So uh, you're dealing with a guy that's really, really difficult to stop all the way around. Yeah, and, uh, Dun- you know, Duncanville got uh, Jemias Ramsey, who's um, highlight reel, you know, dunking over people. He's signed to Texas Tech. Um, and then North Crowley, yeah, you mentioned every year their, their consistent power uh, t- Coach Tommy Bracco's done a great job the last 20 years there. Um, you know they 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 won a state tournament in 2008, but it's been a while. You know Guyer and North Crowley they both made the regional tournament last season. Of course, Allen came out of that region and went on to win the state tournament overall in 6A. Um, North Crowley, you know they kind of I think just where they are, it's it's harder for some of these colleges to to see North Crowley so. They may not have the you know the big time schools, uh, big time commits, but uh, check out for Isaiah Crawford. You know, 18 points per game. I think he's averaging six rebounds. He's made. He can. He's another kid that can shoot the three. So if if it all lines up, you know, don't be surprised to see Duncanville Guyer and North Crowley in there. Uh, another team could be is it's Richardson Pierce, who's in Duncanville's uh, district. You know, big kid, 6'10", Drew Timmy, who's signed to Gonzaga. I think he's averaging almost 20, 26 or 27 points per game. So look out for Pierce. Um, but uh, if if it all lines up, you know, you could see the top three in, in the Region 1 tournament for sure. Dropping down uh, it, just in terms of size, not necessarily in talent, we're going to look at 5A for both the boys and the girls. And again, you know, we talk about football being king in Texas, and it always will be. Uh, but, I mean, the basketball talent individually and team-wise to come out of this state, I mean, obviously the size plays a factor, but it's terrific again this year, again, with both boys and girls in 6A. Now we're going to talk about 5A. 
We'll start with Northwest. They're looking for a third straight trip to the state uh, tournament. Uh, and then again, Timberview, what else can you say? They're trying to get back to the top of the mountain. They won it all in 2017. But the team that's ranked number one, another traditional power, it seems like, uh, much like in football, the, some of these schools, uh, you know, not necessarily reasserted themselves, but uh, cemented themselves as as regional and state powers. That, and the one in basketball especially, and that's Lancaster, they are still ranked number one in boys 5A. Uh, and on the girls' side, real quickly, Nine, again, talk about DFW schools controlling the rankings. Nine of the top 25 in the girls' uh, rankings for 5A DFW teams. Brian, again, lots to unpack here. Big picture, what do you see 5A boys and girls from DFW teams? Yeah, uh, I mean, my pick is Timberview, both sides, girls and boys, I think. So they've been dominant. They've been dominant. I did a story uh, early last week just talking about that dominance. Um, I think they won. I think they've won uh, 90 games, something like that, in, in the last three years. Uh, so check it out. And, uh, you know, again, the girls looking to get over that hump, you know, been to the state final the last two seasons but just couldn't win it. They, they've played Canyon and Amarillo in those uh, state finals, great West Texas teams. And the boys coming up short last year. So uh, with the girls, you know, they have five girls that are signed. Um, with Destiny Ch- Jackson leading the way. She was All-State Tournament last season. On the boys' side, it's uh, Trezarian White, who signed the Air Force, kid who's averaging 17 points and eight rebounds a game. C.J. Smith, who's uh, been our Player of the Week this season, you know, right behind him, he's the point guard, averaging about five assists a game and, and can knock down the threes. I think he's made um, 70 threes on the season. So look for Timberview. Uh, again, Lancaster is still number one. Northwest, you know, they might be picking up steam right now. They, they played a brutal non-district schedule, um, so the record may not be the same as last season. But Do you think that helps? Do you think it helps loading up with those tournaments and, and, and throwing the slate, or is it – or is it again? I mean, we again apples and oranges comparison. You know, we talk about football. Does it help you to load up with with you know out of out of league and and out of district games early in the season? You know, my uh, for my two cents on the football side of it, I think it does because a lot of the district schedules are, are uneven and the redistricting in some cases for the big schools has made that even more so. I'm curious to hear what you think about basketball because I don't have. Uh, football is a little bit more simple. I don't have as good a feel for it, but I'm curious to hear what you think if, if playing that that loaded schedule helps you come tournament time. Uh, I mean, I think I, I tend to lean with the coaches on it. You know, the coaches will tell you it helps. Uh, you know, we're talking about high school kids, 16, 17-year-olds, and if, they've, if they're playing this brutal schedule and they're not getting wins, you know, what does it do mentally? Does it uh, – you know, in terms of playing these great uh, teams, you know, it's going to help for the playoffs. But if you're not really winning and you gain all these losses, does it do anything mentally for these kids? So um, I don't know about that part, but I, I do tend to, to side with the coaches on it. I do like it. Um, football teams always do it all the time. and uh, Unless you're Alabama, right? Unless you're Alabama, yeah. But – uh, I think it'll help in the long term. You know, again, North it's it's showing now for Northwest. They're tied in district with Little Elm, who could be a dark horse. R.J. Hampton, number one player in the nation in, in the 2020 class, 
averaging like 32 points per game. So um, I think it will definitely help for the Texans. You know, Brewer, we, I talked about a couple times, they, they could be a dark horse. Four starters are seniors, you know, Cortland Blake averaging 17 points and six rebounds. Uh, big kid, 6'9", 6'10", who can shoot the three. So look out for Brewer. You know, the girls' side, I mentioned Birdville, uh, who's tremendous on the defensive front, um, average allowing like 40 points per game. And then Boswell, who's tied with Birdville, uh, you know, their regional tournament team last season. Look out for Boswell. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it won't surprise me if, if any other team, you know, could make a run because DFW is so loaded. Well, really quickly, you know, we both think Timberview, boys and girls, heavy favorite to win it all, no matter what the rankings say, for it, in number one or not. Really quickly, on each side, boys and girls, give me a team that you think could derail them maybe even sooner than the state finals because, you know, we've talked a lot about how they're the favorites, but – you know, this is high school basketball after all, and upsets do happen even even at, at with teams that are favored to win it all. One, well, what's what's one school on each, on the boys' side and the girls' side you think could could take down Timberview? You know, five A uh, Region One is so loaded. You know, Timberview used to be Region Two, so you know these teams wouldn't meet up to the re- uh, really the state final or the state tournament. Excuse me. So with Timberview in there, it's it's really loaded now. Um, I I've seen Brewer a couple times, and they look like a complete uh, team, you know, both sides of the, the ball, defensive, offense. Again, just an experienced team like a Timberview. So uh, I think if I had to pick one, Brewer might be a good good spot to uh, upset Timberview. Girls side, oh, man, it's uh, – Tough sledding. The girl, I mean, the girls are 33-1. and one. The only team they lost to is the number one team in 6A, Cedar Hill. Right. Also a team that's done very well and yeah. is loaded this year. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, Coach uh, Kit Martin, you know, over 600 wins in her career. That's tough. Uh, that, that is tough. I mean, Birdville, you know, they did play Birdville um, in the regular season. And talking about playing a non-district schedule, you know, Birdville did a great job loading up uh, their non-district schedule. But only they only allowed 17 points in the first half. Timberview, that is, and it was, I think, 43 overall. And, you know, this Timberview is averaging almost 70 a game, and Birdville, you know, allowed 43, 17 in the first half. So um, I don't know if anyone's going to upset them, but, uh, you know, if, if they meet up with Birdville again, it could they're be. They're the best shot. It, I think it, they're the best shot. Brian, you said to wrap up the show, you have a quick notes on some soccer rankings. And, and what other content do you have coming up this week? I know we're making the uh, kind of that transition basically into full-blown basketball and soccer mode. I mean, we'll definitely touch back on – you'll definitely touch back on some uh, football items moving forward because, as as everyone well knows, football in Texas is – I mean, what, we're two months away, not even from from spring ball – so, but but really quickly, the soccer rankings and and what content do you have coming up this week that people should uh, keep an eye out for? Yeah, just look for you know rankings for basketball and soccer. They're already up. Uh, basketball leaders, you know who's leading the area in points and rebounds, assists per game. That's already up for girls and boys. Soccer stats will hopefully come up uh, over the weekend. Just a quick note for some soccer rankings in the area. You know, Carroll again, both sides, girls and boys, are number one. Carroll uh, boys haven't lost a game yet, 11-0-1. Um, Keller is number two, 8-1-1. You know, Sam Houston, who 
been to the state tournament uh, twice in the last four years. They're, they come in number three. And look out for South Hills, uh, South Hill boys who, who look very good. Already got nine wins. Um, you know, girls' side, Grapevine, who's, who's traditionally uh, state tournament bound. I think they've made it four the last five years. They can't come in at number three. And then uh, Alito's number two and Joshua who a lot of people don't know about because, you know, that, just where they're located. Um, look out for them. They're, they're a regional tournament team last season. They still haven't lost a game this year. So just check that out. Um, you know, a couple other stories from, from Darren, uh, my buddy Darren Lauber. Uh, he's already got one on, on South Hills running back, Anthony Watkins. You know, Missouri was in the news last week. Uh I think they they can't go to a bowl game now, something like that. They they got sanctions on them. They got banned from bowls, and uh, just talked to Watkins to see you know is he still hundred on hundred percent on the Tigers and and he was so check him out. You know uh, Darren talked to Coach Harp too, so videos up there. And then DJ Oates, young man from uh, Grace Prep. You know he he grew up in Colorado, and then moved to uh, Grace Prep. And lost his parents, uh, both his parents, wow. freshman and, and sophomore year. And uh, now he's committed to go back and play for, for Colorado. So uh, that story's already up. Check it out. And, um, you know, continue to go to DFW Varsity for all the signing day news. Well, I am going to close the show with a, uh, with a major scheduling note. This is actually my final program uh, with the high school huddle and with the Star-Telegram. I... Uh, I am departing next week for a uh, job at the Houston Chronicle, uh, which will involve a number of different things, but it'll, it'll definitely involve some sports and some high school sports. So maybe uh, I'll have a chance to come back on the podcast as a guest. I'll, I'm going to take this opportunity to thank Brian and especially uh, our uh, noble producer, Steve Wilson. Uh, Brian obviously has, has kind of a crazy memory, uh, almost photogenic memory for this stuff, and he definitely uh, made my... Uh, kind of deep foray into high school football much easier and Steve obviously has helped Brian and I out quite a bit by cutting these every week so a uh, big uh, round of applause and thanks to them and and then obviously uh, a big thank you to the listeners I mean uh, I know Brian would would certainly co-sign on this but uh, you guys have again we we don't talk in numbers but but usually but there you know there's almost even even now when it's uh, a lower news period. There, there's over 10,000 of you uh, every week listening, down, listening and downloading this uh, this one podcast, which which is amazing to us, and and we we can appreciate it, and I really appreciate it. I've I've very much enjoyed my time on this show. It certainly gives us uh, an opportunity to dive into stuff that we uh, we don't usually get to do. Um, as for uh, you know, uh, in terms of what what's coming up next for the podcast, I'll 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 just leave you with this tease. Brian won't be uh, won't be doing it solo. There will be another uh, person filling my chair, uh, someone who is incredibly well qualified to do it. It's one of the Star Telegram's own. He's done a ton of preps. He's done a ton of recruiting. He's done done uh, football at pretty much every level, but. Uh, and I'm going to leave you with uh, with that tease, and you will have to find out who that is when you listen next week. Uh, I just want to thank you, Peter, uh, for jumping on and uh, doing this for the last uh, 19 episodes. Um, it's been a pleasure to uh, to work with you over the last year, and uh, just wish you all the best in Houston. 
Well, thanks for that, Brian. And like I said, uh, Brian, we're, I'm I'm going to leave Brian in, uh, in in very capable hands next week, even though he's responsible for most of the content on this show. Uh, but he will be joined by one of the Star Telegram's own. And again, you will have to wait to check out and see who that is on uh, next week's episode. So again, once again, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you to our listeners, and you will catch the in, uh, the Star Telegram's high school huddle next week. 